Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our good news segment. I love this segment. Listen, listen to this. More than one-third of holiday budgets are going to be gift cards. Why? Because I know that more than one-third of my holiday budget did exactly that. But which one? You know, so Shelly Hunter is joining me here today, gifting expert, gift card girlfriend at giftcards.com. But we're going to find out the latest trends. And by the way, not all gift cards are alike. And this is important to understand what's going on with them. What are we purchasing? Why are they gaining in popularity? And what is the latest trend? Shelly, all of that, right? I mean, this has become a thing. It is a thing. It is a thing. I mean, for the 13th year in a row, gift cards have been voted the most requested gift of the holiday season. And as you said, a third of the budget is going to go towards gift cards with more than 76% will buy at least one gift card this year. So you're right. It's a thing. And so let's talk about this from your perspective, right? You know, you are out there, gift card tips, practical advice, ideas, insights. This is a short interview, right? Um, So I want to get at what is most important for you. I want to know if you got 15 minutes, maybe less now with me, where is your top three? Tell us about your top three and why they are. All right. I am all about flexibility. I think the reason gift cards sometimes go unused is that somebody just, for you know, they make their best guess, but they pick the wrong store or restaurant that doesn't work for you. So I love a gift card that gives you some flexibility. So I'm going to tell you about three right now. You have Happy Cards. This is a bundle brand gift card. Each gift card is redeemable at a variety of stores and restaurants, and the giver doesn't have to pay extra for this flexibility. So, and what I love about these, take a Happy Holidays gift card, for example. This one is usable at Macy's, Ulta, Lowe's, Chili's, P.F. Chang's, and other restaurants as well. And so the recipient doesn't even have to spend it all in one place. So I love that for flexibility. Now, convenience. Another reason people forget to use their gift cards is they just don't keep them handy. If you want to skip the cost of shipping this year and send a gift card straight to where the recipient is, you can send an electronic gift card. Nearly every merchant has one, and these are perfect especially for the younger generation who always have their phones handy. So you can send a gift card to hundreds of stores and restaurants straight to somebody's phone, and they will have it right there when they need it. And then lastly, at the top of flexibility, you can turn any photo into a custom Visa or MasterCard gift card. So this one bridges that gap with being personal and still convenient. You get a -a one-of-a-kind gift card that can be used almost anywhere. So those are three gift cards I really love this year. I love that. And, you know, what's the website for people to find out more about this? Because these these are such short interviews. I don't want to forget that. Oh, thank you. At giftcards.com, you can find all the gift cards that we're talking about here today. Okay. Uh, 
I just looked at a, just did an interview a few minutes ago, and we were talking about trends and spending and so forth. And uh, it was a fascinating research study. And you've done the same. I got to ask you a question. Where yeah. are we with people and spending? What have you, what are you sensing right now with folks? People seem to be feeling better about the economy right now. I think um, it's a, 63% of people are confident in how the economy is going. And one thing that I love about gift cards is it puts both the giver and the receiver in the stores. So you're there to buy the gift cards and maybe buy a little extra something to go with it, which I always love to do. And the recipient then is going to go back to the store to redeem that gift card, and they're likely to overspend it as well. So the combination of this gift really stirs up the economy as well. When I think about this, I mean, the world has changed. You know, once upon a time, we used to say telephone, then we said phone. Now we don't say that at all, right? Right. Once upon a time, we said computer. We don't Mm -hmm. say that anymore. (laughs) We we started to call them tablets. We almost don't say that anymore. Gift cards are they are are they now the go to and do you find that people are giving them as much thought? Well, once upon a time we used to buy gifts and then spend a lot of time trying to peel the price tag off of those yeah. gifts, right? <laughs> yes. Or getting your Sharpie pen and making sure the recipient didn't know how much money you'd spent on the relationship. And I think that hesitation is what a decade more ago is what concerned people about gift cards. But current generation doesn't care. You know, they're happy to have gift cards to be able to buy the things that they really want and need and not spend the day after Christmas in the return line or to be told that even though that is probably a $50 item, they're only going to get $7 for it because they don't have a receipt. So I think many of that old gifting protocol or hassle we used to go through has just been eliminated with gift cards. So the value is there. I want to ask you a question. I know I've got a few minutes left. I want to know from you, I know there are a list of do's. Are there any don'ts? What should people look for? Well, again, it comes to the flexibility. I think when people don't use a gift card, it's because maybe they think mom or dad should start shopping at a different place than where they currently go. That's a don't. This isn't your present to them. This is their gift. So if you know where mom likes to do, where she likes to buy her clothes, you know where dad likes to, what restaurant he likes to go to, then get that gift card. And if you're not sure, then make sure that you give them a choice rather than burdening them with what you think they should be doing. You know, here's an interesting thing I want to ask you about, and I know we've got a couple of minutes left. It's this. Sometimes, you know, as parents, there's a sense of, well, my child really wants something tangible to put their hands on. I think it depends on the age of the child, because I'm finding now, like, wow, 12, it's going to be the gift card, right? Something happens at age 12, as you move from 12 up, where trying to figure out what somebody wants is really not the thing. Are you finding that parents really struggle with things like that? Well, I just think that the the super simple answer to that is how I give all my gift cards. I always give a gift card with a little something extra. So I agree. Kids want that gift card, but give it to them with their favorite movie snack or give them a, you know, a gaming gift card with a gift card accessory. Or even as a parent, you might give a gaming gift card with a handmade coupon that says, I won't tell you to end your game. Here's your not having to end your game free 
card for the night. So I think it's just a matter of giving a little extra something so they do have something in the moment to enjoy and knowing that that gift card will be used later. You know, this is really interesting. We're talking about it. I had to pick a a gift out the other day for the holiday and my friends thought I was crazy. Do you know what I got? You know what I got this kid? So the kid has a gaming machine, right? Um, I got him extra RAM. And my friends are like, are you kidding? I said, (laughs) no, he needs extra RAM. And I I started to question myself, Shelly, and I started to say, well, what's wrong with that? This is a different generation, and we really have to look at that. And I think the idea of gift cards really does address that. Yeah, I love that you did that because that, that is truly a gift. You gave him what he wants. And I think this is all teenagers care about is gas and data, right? So anything you can do to give them the resources they need most, you know, that makes you the best gift giver ever. You know what's the funnest part about this? And let's talk about this too. I like your idea of the gift card and always something extra because that's something I do. We kind of think extra has to be big. I'm talking like chocolate. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Chocolate or homemade. You know, you can give a bookstore gift card and have the grandkids or whoever make gift card, make some bookmarks using pictures. Or you might tuck a shoe store gift card into a pair of socks. You know, it does not have to be big, but it it helps the gift to feel like it was purposeful. It makes it a little bigger, and it actually gives them something to enjoy in the moment. Wow, I love it. Shelly, thank you so much. Can we give the website out again? And then I'd love to know your personal message, what you'd like to leave us with today. All right. Um, Yes, so you can find any of the gifts we've talked about on giftcards.com. You can also find many of these gift cards, like the happy cards at your local grocery store or big box store. And I guess my personal message to you would be this. Gifting is supposed to be fun. Don't worry. If you have a budget and you need to stick within that budget, you should. Never overspend for a gift. But if you only have $10 to spend, then make sure you buy a gift card that can be used with $10, a Starbucks card, a Jamba Juice, a Target card. Stay within your budget because that will make you feel good. But give the give give the recipient a gift card that's usable within that same amount, and everybody will be happy. Yeah, I'm an easy date. Just get me new rubber for my table tennis racket and a couple of really high speed balls. I love it. <laughs> thank you, Shelly. Rock on. All right. Yes. Thank you so much. Happy holidays to you, and thank you thank for the you. information. All right. All right, everybody. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Preceding audio was via a Skype call. Your favorite Transformation Talk radio shows are now on Spotify. Simply search out your favorite host or show by name, tap the subscribe button, and boom. With over 150 million active monthly users on Spotify, Transformation Talk Radio is thrilled to expand our reach so you never have to miss an episode. Well, what the heck are you waiting for? Log into Spotify and subscribe now. Your inspiration all day on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Okay, everybody, here's the deal. You have heard me talk this past year about making some changes. Well, what kind of changes are those? Have I made changes in the way I look at money, finances? Well, right now in the history of Transformation Talk Radio, we have more hosts talking about money and wealth than we have ever had. 
every aspect of it, whether it's pure, let's talk about the money cha-ching, or let's talk about the spiritual aspect of money or the psychology of money. We have right now uh, the most incredible people talking about it. But here's the thing we're not talking about. And that's why Shri Reddy is joining me here today. Senior Vice President, Retirement and Income Solutions, Principal Financial. We're not talking about making the same mistakes over and over and over again. So have you ever heard of this? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting different results. But that's not what this show is about. This is about giving you insight, information, and so that you can make the kind of changes I've done. For example, I do not go out to eat anymore, except on special occasions. Uh, Shree, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Dr. Pep, thanks so much for having me. Okay. I want to talk to you about this because what you did is you went out and you did a study. And I love the study you d- you've done because I want to talk about where we are. So it's kind of like a state of the union from your perspective. And you're the expert. From your perspective, the state of the union about planning and financial understanding for 2020. Big question. Yeah, so let me tell you what what we did in terms of the study and what insights it revealed. First and foremost, every year for the last several years now, around the same time, November of the year, we do a survey around the country, and we're focused on three things. We talk to people about their planned holiday spending and how they're thinking about finances. We ask them to think about the year that just passed and reflecting what they would have changed and what they wish they hadn't done. Then we ask them about the coming year ahead and ask them, hey, what kind of things are you thinking about for resolutions, especially with regards to finances? Uh, how are you feeling about the economy? Uh, what's your level of optimism, et cetera? And do you have any concerns or worries we should be aware of? And it gives you some really interesting insights across demographics and subsets. But I'm going to start with uh, one of the, the blunders that you actually mentioned, <laughs> which is – People don't budget properly. That was number two on our list. And what's fascinating, Dr. Pat, the same one shows up year after year. And the number one thing people blow their budget on is dining out. So I think when you said you stopped going out, I think that was a wonderful tip to start with. Yeah. Well, you know, I think if, you know where I got it from? And I don't even know how I got it. Some kind of weird commercial on television. And, you know, it's kind of a cool commercial set for millennials, for sure. I'm not a millennial. But what was interesting about the commercial was didn't really know what it was for or what the company was, except at the end, there was this couple. And what they were doing is they decided not to go out to eat and buy, and with that money bought a home or something. And I thought, let me count how much money I'm spending on this. Are we are we afraid to do the counting? I know that this is now the psychology of money question, but are we afraid to do the counting of spending at this point? Or are we more mindful now a year later? No, I I think what you said is true. I mean, I'm going to give you, your listeners, a little bit of advice, which is different than other financial pundits. Most people tell folks, hey, pay with cash or use a debit card, don't use a credit card. And they say that because most people aren't disciplined enough to pay off their credit card every month. What I'll tell you is if you've got uh, listeners who are confident they can pay off their bill every month, using a credit card that gives you a categorization of what you're spending your money on, by category, by merchant, 
it's a really handy tool. And sometimes it's eye-opening at the end of the year when you figure out, yeah. oh my gosh, I spent $10,000 on eating out and 3000 was on pizza. I mean, that, those are the kinds of things that people don't realize until you aggregate it all for them. Yeah. I looked at your study, and I, I just want to make sure, before we get too deep in this, I, I want to make sure we mention a couple of times, first of all, your website uh, and how people can really look at this study. Would you mind doing that for us? I really want to get this in a couple of times. Oh, absolutely. So our website is principal.com. It's principal like a, a school principal spelled P-A-L at the end, P-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L.com. There's lots of content out there. Uh, the survey's out there. But more than the survey, you've got tools, calculators, even conversation starters to make sure you're, you're thinking about things the right way. And what I encourage people is whether you come to our website or find a different one, mm-hmm. just take the, take the action and get started. Yeah. Because the sooner you start, the better off you're going to be. That's what I love about you guys, really. I love that. You're kind of like us. You know, we're like the network that says, if you don't find something here that you like, let us help you find a network that suits your needs. Because the bottom line is, you know, based on what I've learned about you and your organization, you're committed to help people live a thriving and vital life. And what I mean by that, and I want to ask you a question around that, is this is not just about a study. This is about sharing tips and secrets and solutions and advice and you come out here on this show, and you're offering this for free for people. Um, what, I got it, Shree. What gets you up every day? You know what? So I work for a wonderful organization. Principal is 140 years old as of next year. We start, and I'm based in Des Moines, Iowa. So when you your roots and foundation are in the mm-hmm. heart of the Midwest, yeah. how you think about helping Americans save is very different than when you're thinking about the mass affluent that sometimes are on the coasts. Because everyday Americans, I mean, they don't have the kind of money or the budget or resources that people think, and they're leading super busy lives. So if we can do anything to help them create a level of financial security, help them take care of their families and themselves, and get through life with certainty, that's a win. And that's what motivates me to get up and do what we do every day. Uh, look at I have taken a look and I'm a researcher at heart you know you'd never know it from the type of radio show I do but I looked at a few numbers I want to chat with you a little bit about them because I really think it's time to give folks some tips about what they can do differently how they can plan their 2020 Um, I was I was looking at some of the numbers about Americans that have already started shopping and and whether they are doing it compared to what they did last year And, you know, what I looked at was some interesting numbers. I would have thought in my brain, I would have thought, man, by now people are just out there or online. You bought into Cyber Monday, Black Friday. And the numbers were interesting to me when I looked at them, right? Um, and, And so have we... Are we seeing changes in trends between, you know, millennials, boomers, Gen Xs, Zers? What are the what are the differences? Because there are differences in your study. No, for sure. And let me start by you're asking about timing of purchases. Yeah. What we're finding is seventy percent of people start their holiday shopping before Black Friday, and eighty three percent start their shopping before Cyber Monday. Right. So there's good and bad news in that. The good news is. Mm-hmm. People are focused on purchasing at the right moment as opposed to waiting for these, some of these incentives and sales. Now, the unknown here is, are they being tempted by other retailer offers? Because what we're finding is Black Friday is as 
less relevant than it used to be because retailers are realizing, hey, I got to start discounting sooner and sooner to get people's attention. Yeah. And this year, it's further exacerbated because the window of time between Thanksgiving and Christmas is limited. So th- that's part of it. Uh, I think the other thing that's really interesting, and you asked about millennials, and here's what I love about the, the coming generation. You're finding more and more of them are creating a budget on what they want to spend for the holidays much earlier in the year, and they're starting to set up a savings plan. So when they come to the holiday season, they've already got the funds earmarked for it. They're not worried about a massive credit card bill showing up in January, and that's a good start. Uh, the, what I encourage people to do, whether it's millennials or other, or others, is beyond creating a budget, really establish a list and be thoughtful in what you want to get different people in your life. Don't wait for the ads to start coming to you and tempt you to buying things because yeah. you'll probably end up with stuff you don't need. Yeah. And as you're thinking about what to get people, and here, here's a really important one, 77% of our survey respondents said they're going to buy things or buy gift cards this year. Yeah. When in reality is most people who are getting gifts will tell you they don't want things, they want experiences. Yeah. So make sure you're spending your dollars the right way. Yeah. I Not only that, I, I want to talk about a couple of things because I want to look at these 2019 and 2020 spending. And I love the whole blunder thing. One of the things I picked up on in the study, and I can't say it's a direct correlation, but I'm going to put it out there. I found the numbers that you had on the number of people that are going to use credit cards and they're not going to pay it off. And the other folks that are going to use credit cards and pay it off, right? So those two numbers, when you put them together, let's just round it a little bit and say it's 32%. Then I looked at the debit and the cash people. And those are people saying, nope, I am not going to get any, no debt. I'm the no debt person. And those numbers were fairly large. They were over 50%. And I found this interesting because I got to tell you, I thought this would be higher. But then I went down in your report and I looked at the people that said expect little to no stress. And when I looked at the small amount of stress and no stress at all numbers, it kind of ties in. And I don't know if this is a one-to-one, but people that are paying cash in other ways, I would imagine they don't have the stress because they're not thinking about paying credit cards off at 24, 27%. I mean, I found that fascinating that these numbers are showing up this way. Does that mean that we're going to see some positive outcomes for the way folks manage in 2020? Or are we still going to step in the pothole of blunder? So I'll offer a couple of thoughts, Dr. Pat. First, uh, first and foremost, I think there's generally people are feeling pretty good about the economy. We're sitting in a low unemployment rate. Uh, Wages haven't risen like they normally would, but there is some wage improvement. So I think people are feeling pretty good. And through the Great Recession, millennials as well as others did a lot of things right, including reducing debt, right? So they're in better financial shape. That being said, where the optimism can sort of spill over Mm -hmm. is the area where we're seeing credit card debt go up is households that have incomes of $100,000 or higher. Mm. That's interesting because people who are making more, if they start spending more, it actually showcases optimism for the future, but it almost may repeat history if the economy turns the other way. So in our survey, we also asked people, how do you feel about 2020's economy? 
And I'll tell you, pessimism was higher for 2020 than it was for 2019. Yep. yep. But there's a big difference there. Women are a lot more pessimistic than men are. I think men are still optimistic 2020 is going to be a pretty good year. And there's lots of uh, unknowns, uncertainties, including the political environment and the yep. election. So, yep. so time will tell. Yeah, and absolutely in the in the informal study that we did about that one particular thing you were talking about, we came out with the same conclusion uh, for women. And it, and the reason that that I say that is remember before I mentioned the psychology of money. And what will what will what will top the psychology of money is the psychology of losing something. And when we looked at women, that is their number one thing. They feel they are a going to lose something that they have some right or something or that something is going to turn against them even worse and it's fascinating that you're coming up with this as well um i want to ask you a couple things right um first of all i love your report this is the easiest financial report i have ever laid my eyes on i'm just saying it's just interesting um, we appreciate it but you, the young people are really jazzed. They have like a high level of optimism. And by the way, my producer, Jessica, she is in this group. And also in the room next to me, I have three producers and all of them are in this group. You know, our age ranges here are 70 to like 20 something across the board for our staff. Um, I want to ask you about this. How does the mood of people affect their ability to look at financial information and give you guys a call and work with you. How does that tie in? Yeah, so it's both mood and it's a mental reference point, Dr. Pat. Okay. What I mean by that yeah. is people know what they grew up with, right? So if you're someone who grew up in from 9-11 through the Great Recession, yep. you probably have a very different outlook than someone who's growing up today who's seeing nothing but economic prosperity yep. and how you're going to approach your future. That's one. Two, when I talk about reference points, I remember my first home that I bought uh, in the late 90s. The interest rate was, I think, 7%, and I thought I was getting a great deal compared to what rates were. Yeah. But when you look at rates today, it's created an artificial reference point where people start thinking about their finances. I bet you if rates go up a couple of points, people scream, oh my gosh, it's yeah. a bloody nightmare because yeah. rates are an all-time – and they're not because yeah. in the 80s, they were at 18 20% too. So. The framing of what you've experienced really determines your financial experience. The, the last point I'll offer up is people want to know that there is a, a way forward, that they can yeah. and they will be okay if they take some certain steps. Yeah. And what I'll tell you is there's a lot of financial pundits out there who, who scare people. Yeah. And I think that's, that's not the right way of doing it nope. because the minute you tell them – you're never going to have enough to retire. Well, oh. people stop saving altogether. Exactly. And why are you and I the only people talking about this right now? I mean, you know, it's interesting because I do have a PhD in psychology, but I have a business background. I have a business degree. And when you put those two together, that quote that I've got to take that quote you just had with your permission and I got to put it out there because we have got to stop scaring people. People will not move in the direction that you're talking about or that your organization is talking about. They will spend more, more and more and more because the answer is, why should I bother, right? But you all have a different solution. Let's make sure we give your website. I'm sorry, I'm taking up so much time. I forgot this is like a 15-minute interview. I could go no, on you're, with you. I'm sorry. You're fine. Our website's principal.com, and here's what I'll offer to your listeners. Okay. I've had the, the 
the privilege of living in other countries as well as living in many parts of this country, never discount American ingenuity and resilience. People will be okay. They've got this. There's just a few basic steps they can take that will help course correct them and put them on the right path. Wow. I want to thank you so much for today. Um, I'm going to make sure people go to the website, make sure they get your your results and survey. And thank you for talking about some things that people are just in the financial world are not talking about. Thank you for doing that. My pleasure, Dr. Pat. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. And I got to say, let's roll. Let's do it. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Short break. A lot of information we did not talk about. We'll be right back. Preceding audio was via a Skype call. TransformationTalkRadio.com Introducing the Lucid Planet, a digital gathering place featuring cutting-edge, high-vibrational content that will empower and inspire you to become the greatest version of yourself. Visit the Lucid Planet today to stimulate your mind, body, and soul as you connect with a global community of like-minded people. The Lucid Planet is edited by renowned psychologist and author, Dr. Kelly Neff, who is here to help you cope with anxiety, connect to your higher purpose, uncover your true passions, and live your dreams. Dr. Kelly's fresh, compassionate perspective emphasizes growth, transformation, healing, and thriving. Even in the face of adversity, say goodbye to bad news and low vibrational media for good and become part of the larger collective of people working together to navigate the global shift of consciousness and transform the world from within. Join the planet, the Lucid Planet. Visit thelucidplanet.com. Welcome home. Hey, everybody, welcome. This is a good news segment. Look, this is what we're talking about today with Stephen Mesnick. But let me tell you what it is. It's called Closing the Digital Divide with True Transformative Technology. Learn how rural areas can stay online all the time. Now, you all have just heard us talk about our crowdfunding project and what we're developing. AI for the soul. Why? It's really about this, but we could not address what Stephen is talking about for several reasons. One, we did not fully understand what it is that is affecting millions of people in the digital world. Why? Because we think everybody's got internet. We think everybody's got access to phone apps. We think everybody's got access to smartphones. We think everybody has equal, if not better, ways to listen. We think everybody's got, you know, like a satellite radio thing in their car. No, everybody doesn't. But to what degree, though, how are we in the position to understand this? That's why Stephen is joining us here today, Vice President Marketing and Pricing of Viasat. And one of the things you want to know about Steve, I could spend the entire short segment telling you about him. But I want to get on here and talk to him and get to a solution. Steve, thanks for joining us here today. Oh, thank you so much. I, I, I come here uh, from Viasat, who's a uh, satellite internet service provider. Been in business about 30 years. And, and our goal is really simple, is to provide connectivity to people wherever they are. We do it for businesses, for homes. We do it in airplanes like JetBlue and United uh, Airlines. And we do it yep. for the actually for the U.S. military, wherever they are. And so our goal is to make sure everyone has access to affordable reliable yep. internet wherever they live i love that you're doing this because you know in the in the radio podcasting network 
what I discovered is exactly what we're going to talk about. And this is a myth. And I want to break this down into common sense terms. Here's the myth. And we found this out, not because we we went out and we researched it, because we didn't believe what other providers were telling us. The myth is that satellite internet is very expensive. That is a big, fat myth. But I'll tell you, that is a myth that the average person doesn't know because the 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 uh, let me not use that term, because the information out there is not really upfront and truthful. What do you say about that? Yeah, so I mean, you've got, you know, this. there's this invisible line that exists right now. What, I, what that is, is you have cable companies, you have DSL companies who decide where they're going to put fiber in the ground, where they're going to put cable in the ground. And what they do is they determine that based on where they're going to make money. Yeah. And if you live outside the area, they can make money. They choose not to serve you. Yep. That is their choice. And so there are people without connectivity, okay, options at all in those areas where they live. And that creates what's called what I call the digital divide. Yeah. Those people who just don't have that same access. And by the way, you, you talk about pricing. So I'll just jump into that for a minute, yeah. which is plans for solid internet start at $50. Oftentimes you'll see a $70 price. There are sub hundred dollar prices for internet. By the way, that's the same or less than what your cable customer, what the cable company is charging you or the DSL company. So that myth is definitely a myth about uh, affordable access to internet service. Look, I, I'm not just talking from what I've read about you. We just went through this. We went through this when we were looking for a space, new space to move into. And I have to tell you, I was shocked at what I discovered. And if I am a business person and I discovered this by literally lifting the veil off of, wait a minute, you mean that town doesn't have that service and you want to charge us 20 grand to put that in? Do you know how many? And I'm not talking like like the small places you're talking about. I'm talking about places where you would think, they should have it. And you know what? They don't. So what you're talking about is saying, look, we have a solution and we can get in there. Can you tell me what's the hang up here? I mean, why if this is such a common sense, simple idea that we're not getting it? Yeah, I think there's two things. I think people hear satellite internet and they think, oh, that's going to be this huge antenna. You're going to come and stick on the front of my house. It's going to be 20 feet tall and block out the sun, right? Or oh, I heard it's really bad, and every time it gets cloudy outside, I'm not going to have internet access, or it's slow. Now, I'll tell you, the technology, the innovation in satellite over the last 10, 15 years is just people don't know about it, right? You can get affordable. These are small dishes now that a professional installer comes and puts on your roof in a very conspicuous area, right? They're high speeds, 25, 50 megabits per second, large data allowances. So I think there's a lot of false information out there about satellite internet. And that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm talking to you today to let people know what, what the truth is. Look, let's give out the website of your company because this, I think for me, this is the most exciting. I'm most optimistic about this. I grew up in the projects. You know what I'm saying? You may be talking to me here as a network owner own the transformation network, but I grew up in the projects. I also come from a, a stepmom and a family in Virginia where grandma, grandpa had an outhouse and a coal stove. And I got to tell you, those upgrades maybe that have been made don't include internet connection. 
And so I want to really get your website because I'm hoping that you are literally going to speak more about this and provide these solutions. It's just not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair for people to get educational opportunities. It's not fair for people to get information about what's going on in the world. What's the website? And I want to talk to yep. you about this, about high-speed reliability and what we're talking about with satellite. Yep. Yes, let me give you the, the website. Then also, I love to talk about education. It, it's near and dear yeah, to me. I have two me small too. children. So the, the website, if you have access to the internet, it's uh, viasat.com forward slash internet. That's V-I-A-S-A-T dot com slash internet but if you don't have access to the internet we want you to be able to talk to us too so we have a phone number 833-5-VIASAT again v-i-a-s-a-t all right look i think and this is another myth and i'll tell you from the world that i come from this is a myth people in these communities i'm going to say myth like five times so i'm not misquoted people in these communities pat they don't really want to get educated and I'm like, well, dude, like, who are you talking to? That is ridiculous. So one of the things that people don't realize is 95% of kids today, you know, in up through elementary school, through high school, they need the Internet to access to do their homework, just basic homework. Right. They're, they don't have a set of encyclopedias sitting at home that they can just go look up without access to the Internet. They can't even do the basic things they're being asked to do by their teachers every night. And yet a third of households don't have access to broadband service today. So it creates this education divide where it's unfair that children whose families live in rural areas for a lot of good reasons yeah. don't have the same access to Internet as a kid who lives in an urban area. That, that is unfair. And that's something I think that we advise that feel very strongly about fixing. Look, I got to talk to you real quick. I know my time is almost up. Let's let's just break down the misconception about what we mean by rural you see, I gave you an example of folks in a very small town in Virginia, but that is not the case. I also lived in New Jersey and there are parts of New Jersey and I'm talking about Jersey and there are other places, New York, the state of New York, Vermont, Vermont, the state of Vermont. You can't even get cell coverage in some of those places. So there's a misconception about what you and I are talking about. It doesn't have to be the deep south or someplace that actually people don't have TVs. We're not really talking about that. No, what you see is there's a street and that street happens to be covered with fiber and cable. And then the neighbor at the end of that street, it could be that new house that just got built at the end of that street. Okay, can't get access to the internet. So this isn't the, as you said, the, oh my God, that house is just in the middle of nowhere. Why, right. would, why would we provide internet service? This is the people you, your kids go to school with. Okay, they just don't have access because they happen to live a thousand feet from where the DSL company decided it made sense for them to invest. Yeah, oh, let me just jump to this. We're talking about a level of inequity that is going to continue to rise. And the reason I know this is by talking to cable fiber companies, not to mention any names now for the past year and hearing their rationale about why they're not putting good service in. So two things are important for you to adjust for me. One is the level of service, meaning it doesn't matter if you have Internet, if OMG, you cannot access educational tools of live streaming. That is not going to work. So just because you have something like that, it doesn't work. How do we address that with satellite? And then the next thing is for me, how can you get this message out in a powerful way? Because you know who's going to really lose from this? 
the people. Yep. So to your first point, you know, you might have a services provided in a household that's 1.5 megabit second, which might not mean much to folks. That just basically means you can check email, but you're not going to be able to, as you said, to watch an educational video. With satellite internet now, you can get the speeds you need to do, frankly, all the essential things that, you know, that people want to do in a household. That's one, which is the technology, the satellite is, is way better than many of these really slow, antiquated uh, mm -hmm. copper connections like DSL. And then secondly, just to get the word out, I mean, that's what we're trying to do. The more people get online, the more they can spread the word. And, hey, I have a solution that I didn't realize existed. I have it. I love it. I have satellite internet. Let me go on Facebook. Let me go on. Let me text my friends, whatever it is. Let me spread the word. And I think that's what people need. It's the spreading the word about the solution they found that works for them. Share it with other people like you're doing today on this show. Well, I got to thank you. I could talk to you forever about this. And really, I'd love to get down in the weeds and talk about what you're doing because I've been to your website. One last thing, personal message. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, you and I share the educational passion. I think we're at a crisis level here. If we don't do something like what you're talking about, please give out the website and please let me know what your personal message is. Great. It's uh, viaset.com forward slash internet, V-I-A-S-A-T. Or you can call us at 833-5-V-I-A-S-A-T, Viaset. And I'll tell you, my, my personal message is everyone in the world, in the world, in the United States especially, where we live, right, deserves to have a quality connection because it's such an essential part of their life. And Viaset wants to be an ally to all those folks to help them get that connectivity they deserve. I love it. Thank you. And, you know, can I make one other point? Sure. What do you think is on the rise right now in terms of education? It has been climbing, but it's really good. When the late when 2019 information comes out about it, what do you think is the fastest growing segment of educational forms? Wow. I don't know. You got me beat. What do you got? Yeah, I know online, you know the answer. Online bachelor's degrees, master's degrees, and doctorates. Ah, remote education. Remote Perfect. education is in crisis and will only be for those people that one could pay for Uber education and pay for it. And number two can even get it. That's really the disparity that I think you're talking about. That's, That's a digital divide that I hope you look into at the end of this year. And I'm, I'm telling you that is almost to me beyond unfair. It's almost unconstitutional. So that's really, for me, I'm really looking at this and saying we got to do something different for people. That, that is an excellent point. Thank you for bringing that up. All right, Steve. Thank you so much. Everybody, please dig into this. You know, don't say no to the fact that you can't take the class or you can't take the course or you got to drive 50 miles to go to the school. Please check into this. Everyone should be able to access information. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Preceding audio was via a Skype call. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and tune us on for our good news segment. Here's why. You know, you have heard me talk about what my own process was like as I looked at, as, at Medicare. I looked at the options. And one of the things I've loved since having to have done that 
is that we now have the benefit of the expert. And we are going to do it right now with Daryl Means joining us here today. CMS, Regional Administrator for Region 10. Now, why is this important? Yeah, open enrollment. But look at, have you reviewed this yet? Why do you think maybe you should? I'll tell you this. You're not going to know what you don't know if you don't stop to take a look at this because there might be some goodies in the gift basket that you don't know about. Daryl, it's great to have you. Thank you, Dr. Pat. It's great to be on your show. I appreciate it. You know, this is the kind of thing where people just kind of roll on by. They're like, oh, I don't need to look at it. I don't. And I'm telling you that um, more than ever, we're seeing commercials that say you should look at it. Things may have changed. What's your take on it? Well, you're absolutely right. People shouldn't delay. In fact, um, I believe folks should be looking at their health throughout the year. But we do have starts in December 7th. Health care and see if there's any changes. They may have got from their uh, plan or, or their health may have changed or their finances may have changed. So mm -hmm. we have the new Medicare plan finder that's there to help them compare We've made it easier to read, so it's not a daunting task. We've listened to their um, uh, feedback, and, and we made the changes that everyone wanted. So there's no reason for folks to wait. They should uh, get into uh, reviewing right away, yeah. and they should know that, you know, it does end on December 7th, so yeah. they're, they're running out of time. Yeah, and I want to say that, like, like one of our fabulous uh, hosts, Claudette Rally says, uh, time's up. Um, and I think that's why we're doing it. It's super important. Um, but, but let's talk about what folks can do. What should they do as they look at these choices and they make these choices? What happens, right? If folks don't have, maybe they're just hearing this now, right? They're like, oh no, it's December 8th. Well, the first thing they should do, if this is the last minute thing for them is call 1-800-MEDICARE right away and ask those questions. Just make sure that they get in touch with somebody and have someone help them through because there's still time for them to make a choice. But she said, what should they do? I think another thing that they should do is think. They should think about what's important to them. They should think about what's changed in their lives over the last year that may uh, uh, mean that they need to change their health plan. Um, and then they should shop. They should go onto the plan finder or work with 1-800-MEDICARE, and, and look at what's available to them. And then at that point, because time is running out, they need to select the best plan that's for them. Um, and in some cases, they may save money. In, in the Seattle area, yeah. the average monthly uh, Medicare Advantage plan has decreased by 12.5% this wow. year. Wow. Um, you know, as you are out there, and uh, Daryl, you are speaking to people you know, this is an area of responsibility you've had. You are a key leader in this arena. You've seen uh, regional initiatives. You've seen changes. You've seen what customers say, what they're satisfied about, what they're not. Can you give us a little bit of information about what is on our customers' uh, radar? And what I mean by that is, you know, not all things are equal. 
what do you think people are most concerned about? Well, I, I, Dr. Peck, I think you, you talked about that earlier. People wait until the last minute because they sense that it's a very confusing task. But we do have people there to help them. We have health insurance benefit advisors that they can call and go to and help them walk through. We have 1-800-MEDICARE. There's uh, um, information. If they're internet savvy, they can go out to, to Medicaid. I mean, Medicare.gov. Mm -hmm. So there's all sorts of resources for them. You know, we just encourage folks not to wait to, to really sit down and, and make a selection that's going to be best for them. You asked about what type of feedback we receive. Yeah. Well, we've received a lot of feedback on the difficulties of our, our prior uh, plan finder. And we took all that information and we redesigned the plan finder this year. It's a lot easier to use. Um, it's, it's clearer to see. We've worked on the fonts and everything. And we've been getting a lot of positive feedback on that. Yeah. And I want to say, I, I will give you kudos on it because you have, you've simplified it. Uh, you've created something that's really uh, more for people that don't have to struggle through a lot of text. Um, you know, one of the things we've learned here, and just to be specific about it, is we've learned as a network that people don't really look at things um, uh, without pictures, without being emotionally attracted to it. But you have done some major changes. You've changed font sizes. I mean, I've noticed it. Um, so you do listen to what people say, and that is so important. I want to ask you this other question as well. Sometimes we don't know if there is a level of help that we can seek. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're talking about people of all ages. You know, folks out there in the general population may have a view of the folks on Medicare. But to be honest with you, the age spans are enormous. They cover uh, four, maybe even five decades of people. Um, what can we do to talk to people to let them know that there's extra help that they could get and they don't have to do this alone. Because I think the number one issue is how daunting this is for some people and they think they have to do it alone. I agree, Dr. Pat, but it shows like yours here that helps us get the word out to your listeners. And, and that's very important to us. So people shouldn't feel like they have to do it themselves. Again, I go back to the fact that we have to ship or the state health insurance benefit advisors here in, in the Washington area. And, and they can sit down with you. These are trusted people who have been trained by CMS and they are federally funded. So it, it, it's someone that they can trust. And again, they can reach out to 1-800-MEDICARE uh, and get a trusted person on the phone who can help them. If they don't know where the SHIP advisors are, then, um, 1-800-MEDICARE people can help them and connect them with that resource as well. But they don't have to do it on their own. The only thing that we ask is that they realize that it is a window of two months approximately, and December 7th is the deadline, and they need to get it done by then. Um, I, I, I know that there probably uh, are so many questions we can talk to you about, uh, but I, I want to know if there's anything that folks should be aware of that has changed so to speak? Well, I think the first thing is that, as I stated earlier, you know, the monthly 
uh, Medicare Advantage premiums have decreased by 12.5% in the Seattle area. That's important for beneficiaries to know because that means they may be able to find a cheaper plan in, in there than uh, what they have now. Also, they need to look at some of the benefits. There's a lot of new benefits out there. Some of the health plans are offering, uh, if they have uh, di uh, disabilities, you can get walkways, you know, ramps, things like that. You can get gym memberships. You can get dental. Uh, there's all sorts of things that uh, are available to them. And again, the place they can find this is in the new uh, plan finder. It will help them sort all of this out where they can compare plans. You can compare Medicare uh, with original Medicare with a Medicare Advantage plan. You can look at all the drugs of, uh, plans available in your area. So there's a lot of things out there to help them. Yeah, I, I actually love the new interface. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm looking at it right now. Um, you've made it simpler. You've made the prompts easier. Uh, you give people the option of looking at what they have now very simply, really one, two clicks. I really love this. Um, and, and then you, you give people the option of looking at uh, the plans and finding what might work best for them. So this really, I, for me, just so you know, this is one of the most important upgrades you will have done. And I say that because, you know, first of all, this is an emotionally scary for some people, right? Um, and, you know, not everybody is tech savvy. And so what you've done is you've made this really a way for all people to really work through and figure it out. And, and I think that's important. Can I ask you a question? I know my time's running out. Um, what's the future? What do you see in the future? I know I'm asked, I'll put you on the hot seat for a minute, but I, I'm just kind of seeing from your perspective, what are you most excited about as we move forward? I'm excited about a lot of the innovation that I'm seeing coming out of CMS, and um, I, I think it is focused on the beneficiaries. It's trying to make things simpler. We listened, we heard that it was too complex, and your testimonial to the uh, the ease of the new plan finder is 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 uh, very much appreciated. So I, I am optimistic that as we go forward things get easier and easier. And the individuals that you talked about that wait until the last minute will see that they don't have to be uh, afraid of this, that there are the health insurance benefit advisors out there to help them. There's 1-800-MEDICARE and a plethora of other tools that they can use to assist them and make this less daunting for them. Daryl, I want to thank you so much. Would you please give the website again? And then I do have one last question. I would love to know your personal message, what you'd like to leave us with here today. Well, the website is 1-800-MEDICARE, and I remind everyone that the deadline is the 7th of December at midnight, so don't wait. And I think the message that I would like to leave uh, with folks is that CMS listens. So if you have issues or, or you have concerns, let us know because we are here to, to work on behalf of the beneficiaries. We want all of them to be able to have the best health care, and we want to empower them to take control of their health. Thank you so much. Thank you. Happy holidays to you, your family, um, and everyone over there that is really looking out for us. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Dr. Pat. I appreciate you as well. All right, everybody, please, I can't tell you enough how important this is. We'll see you next time.